Welcome to another episode of Sideways, A Life of Wine. As you'd expect on a podcast where we discuss wine, movies, book publishing, all sorts of things, there will be some swearing, there will be some cussing, which means we're obviously having discussions which contain adult themes. Hi everyone, hi Yui, welcome to The Life of Wine. My name is Rex Pickett and I'm the author of Sideways and two sequels, Vertical and Sideways 3 Chile. I have a brand new novel out titled The Archivist. We're going to be talking about wine and literature and cinema and culture, art, or anything that just uh, we digress into. We're going to just let it all hang out on this podcast and we're going to bare our souls, aren't we, Yui? We sure are, Rex. Hi, I'm Yusuf. I'm known as Yui. And I'm going to be the person who is going to interview Rex and extract as much information as we can out of his head about wine. I'm a fanboy and uh, I've been a fan of Sideways the movie and the books for years. So it's a pleasure for me to uh, work with Rex on this uh, podcast. you how you are because I've been with you for the last three days so I know how you are. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm tired. It was a long flight. I'm in New Zealand ladies and gentlemen and uh, flew in uh, to Auckland and um, and then uh, we got on a road trip and we're uh, in uh, Napier and which is right on beautiful Hawks Bay and this country is uh, I'm not saying it because there's New Zealanders Kiwis listening. It, it is beautiful. It really is. Yeah yeah it's um I'm pleased after two years that you finally got to see the country. That uh, well, it just opened up to Americans on May first, and and I was probably one of the first to come in, and um, you know, and, and it's a long journey down here, but boy, it was worth it. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, great, cool. Well, what we want to do is catch up the listeners to where we are. So, as you said, okay. we're in a we're in a motel um, or hotel in Napier. It's Sunday morning, so I thought we'd go back and just review the last three days. Okay. Um, I picked you up at quarter to 6 a.m. at Auckland um, Airport. Uh, we didn't hug, but we sort of shoulder bumped. And, um, and I, th- I thought after having, it felt like I'd been, um, I don't know, we'd been on a, a video romance for two years, date, online dating, and it was waiting to see what Rex would be like in real life. And you're, um, you know, you know, you're a tall, handsome man, I have to say. Well, thank you, Yui. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I used to hear that in my youth, but uh, it's good to hear it now. I think I lost, uh, I've dropped one inch of my height from Hollywood. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure. Yeah. The pressure, the it, constant it, pressure. It, it knocks you down a little yeah, bit. It does a bit, yeah. yeah. Okay, we went from there. Uh, unfortunately, we saw the remains of a motorcyclist who'd been killed in the previous half hour um, because I was only there for half an hour when I drove to the airport, so that was a bit sobering. But we then... Um, I took you back to the hotel, um, got you settled into your room, and then um, you just sort of slept on and off. Is that what happened during the day? Yeah, I tried to sleep. I didn't. I wasn't able to sleep on the flight, um, which is brutal because it's uh, 13 hours. And uh, 
What was even worse was I drove to LA from San Diego and that was a four hour drive before the flight. So I'm finally, I'm slowly coming around. So You've talked a lot about that drive from yeah, San Diego to LA to people we've met. So we might as well, you know, fill in well, the Well, I mean, I, I grew up in San Diego and uh, then I moved to LA, but I drove back to see my parents many times. I probably made that drive a thousand times and every year it just gets worse and worse and worse with the traffic. And I haven't done it in the last six, seven years because uh, I haven't had to, and uh, and then I did. And a friend took me, Marco, a great writer and friend. And uh, But, you know, I am here. Let's not complain. No, I'm no. in New Zealand, and, no. you know, it's not like I, I ended up in, I don't know, uh, you know. I, Madagascar. Or, yeah, or some country where there's, you know, political strife and, you know, all kinds of stuff. I'm in New Zealand. This is a place, the country that obviously many people would love to be in, and, and I'm here, and I understand why. You know, uh, my first thoughts on the... You know, so far is uh, not only is the scenery, of course, staggering, and I'm we're on the North Island, and I suppose it gets even better. But um, but the people are so warm and welcoming. They're also very highly educated in culture. They want to talk about literature and art and, and stuff. Well, you don't get that in uh, Southern California all the time, and um, and and they're not. You know, they love their country, but they're not jingoistic. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd I'm, say it's about right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, look, um, so uh, slightly jet lagged. I had to grab you at uh, quarter to six so we could make it to the studios of a TV show in New Zealand on TV3 called The Project. Um, After having sat at reception for 15 minutes after passing our rat tests, which you mildly mocked letting people know regularly that you weren't a rat. I'm not I'm not I'm not happy with that uh, acronym. So RAT is rapid <laughs> antigen test. Uh, actually, I had a little bit of a stress, ladies and gentlemen. I, I took a, a PCR test. It was a, They came to my house and it was expensive in Del Mar. And then I got a thing back from Air New Zealand saying, you're outside the 48-hour window. I had to call them and have them come again the next day. And they, of course, they both tested negative because I wasn't going to get on the plane. So we got through that. There's been a lot of stress getting here. But, you know, the good news is I'm going to be here for a while I will settle in, and uh, and then uh, I mean we'll talk about you know sort yeah. of the re- yeah. you know what why why I'm here. Of course, most people already know that reason, but uh, you know it's it's really about um, you know writing sideways New Zealand. Cool, yeah. Or sideways, Fantastic. you know, NZ. So the show went well. You did a great job. I got quite a few texts from people who saw you who said you're fantastic. Some said you looked good. Some said you sounded great. But when I shared this with you, you you weren't prepared to accept some of that because you felt differently well, I, about I, how I, you I, went I, on live TV. Well, I felt badly I didn't mention a couple of people who are you know uh, sponsoring the trip and whatever. But it was so fast. Uh, I've you know I've done so many interviews and other things. I, I prefer the kind of the longer interviews, like I just did about my novel, The Archivist. You know, yeah, where right. I have a chance. But you know, it's four minutes coming at you really fast. Plus, you know, I'm I'm super jet lag and I'm really tired. It was an out of the body experience. I don't even remember what I said. Yeah. Well, I'm getting a video sent to me. They did send me a video, but it had no audio. I don't want. So I don't want to see it. No, I think you should. It's no, really good. I don't want to see it. All right. Okay. 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 I'll um. I'll let you enjoy. Yeah. I've i now feel like you've challenged me to tie you down and make you watch it against no, your no, will. No. But I won't do that. Okay. No. Um. So. After that, uh, we went out for dinner. Yeah, and um, and we took you to Parnell, and we took you to a restaurant called Non Solo Pizza in Parnell, and we met a whole bunch of um, right. uh, people close to the organisation of Sideways NZ. Right. Um, and so I don't know what your memory is like, but I know I know everyone who was there, so I can help you. But we uh, we had a fantastic night. Well, I, I definitely, I mean, just sitting on the left of me was Wayne McKeg, who is the lead producer of the musical. If we're able to do it, but he's he's moving in on that. So there is Sideways the musical ladies and gentlemen, all songs 
uh, have been written and you know obviously and recorded and recorded and uh, and the libretto which I wrote uh, is is done and has been done and we have a three-time Tony Award-winning director attached and Kathleen Marshall but you know of course Broadway's been shut down but things are opening up here so w- meeting William I've met him on Zoom for the first time then there was you know the lovely Holly of Black Market who is involved with our wines and to the right and she's just you know so, she's young and so knowledgeable about wine she's just and, been made a GM she's yeah, now the GM congratulations if you're listening to this Holly congratulations and uh, she deserves it because she's really smart and uh and then there were other people to the right of me. There was a, a, a huge publicist, uh, Angela, is going to help us. Yep. You know, but, so I do remember Mark Morris, um, who's um, you know uh, is is a producer in, in, in some you know uh, major capacity, and talked to his wife, and she's talking about how so difficult Mark, COVID was. And Mark Nichols. Mark Nichols. Mark Nichols. Yeah, right. And his wife was right. Bex. Mark Nichols. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mark. And yep. um, I'm still a little tired here. And then of course there was you guys, and then there was um, Brian Gordon uh, next to you. Uh, no, Bruce. No, sorry. Not Bruce. Oh, my God. That's embarrassing. Brian Allen. Brian, Brian Allen. So he's the chair and owner of Profit, Profits Rock. Right, yeah. And where you'll be staying when you're down in Sorry, Central Brian, Tokyo. Yeah, I, I know. I, I just had a mental fate as well. Yeah, we both um, did. Yeah, we're and both we also tired. Had, we also had Paul and Hannah there. Paul uh, has keeps an eye over some of the right. facilities. Super, super knowledgeable about you know film infrastructure here and yep. uh, whatever. And so, you know, we tried to get some sleep that night, and the next day it was 500 miles. I don't know, that, I didn't, if I, I probably would have uh, truncated well, that, uh, but uh, yeah. to, uh, you know, to the you, beautiful, you, beautiful town of... But uh, the ambiance and the food was good? You know, honestly, it was some of the best food I've had. I don't eat out a lot because I love to cook, and um, because really, I, I don't think the restaurant scene in Southern California is very good at all. And just right off the bat, you can just see the ingredients are just... Unbelievable song. Yeah, no, that's cool. So you tasted your first Prophets Rock, um, and, uh, and and that's one of uh, Brian's um, wines. Great. Yeah. Okay, so so then um, off to bed, and the next morning, we went and caught up with Angela Griffin, right. the uh, publicist you were talking about. We caught up with her at um, at Winona Forever, yeah. where you uh, where you shared um, an anecdote. I don't know if you want to share it on. On here. Well, of course, Winona Forever is the tattoo on Johnny Depp's arm, and Johnny Depp's very much in the news right now with his, uh, you know, defamation trial with Amber Heard and whatever. But he long ago had one. He had the N A taken off of Winona Ever, so it says Wino Forever. So I told him, <laughs> you, you, you need to change the name of your restaurant. And they laughed. They thought yeah, yeah, it was yeah. funny, but they didn't know that. No, he no. took the N A off a long time ago. Anyway. Yeah. So Wino Forever seems somehow appropriate. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems apropos. Okay, so we then uh, we then jumped in the car and began our drive to Gisborne. And yes, you're right. It was about a 500 mile drive, um, and uh, it took us it took us a while. But um, we made it to the White Heron, the motel that we stayed in on Gladstone Road there in Gisborne. And then after just refreshing uh, for a few minutes, we um, we went and met um, Sam Milton, the owner of um, Siduri, a yeah, wine bar and, and, in I, and, and by the way, I just want to um, for those listening here. I'm going to be blogging this on my website, so rexpicket.com, and just click the uh, the tag that says blog, and it's going to be we're going to be cranking on that. Uh, Siduri was a little wine bar; um, you can have takeout brought in, whatever. And he was pouring some of the most, uh, well, really, what Robert Parker calls godforsaken grapes. I mean, he poured three wines from Georgia, one of which he he produces here, two which he imports, grapes I've never even heard of. And I I love with wine, I love discovery. 
Sam was so knowledgeable and, uh, you know, and of course you, you're going to tell us about the next day, but what a lovely little place and seeing people in there just trying totally different wines and, you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't get over how well you two connected. I really felt like for the first time I was a third wheel. I was just sitting there playing with my phone because you two were just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I remember the look on your face when you realized this is from Georgia. Um, Georgian wines, and you didn't even recognize the grapes. That's well, pretty I mean, amazing. you go you go into wine bars in in California, whatever. I mean, I, I doubt there's any wine bar in the entire state of California. I could be wrong. Could be wrong on this. Uh, that's going to pour me three Georgian wines. I, I, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, in New Zealand, that's like yeah, in yeah. a small in a small town, but but a hip town, a really yeah. hip town, a culture town. It's only thirty five thousand people, but um, you know, they're just uh, you know they're really really uh, yeah. knowledgeable about wine. Cool. All right. After that, back to our hotel rooms. Uh, good sleep again. And then the next morning, we um, we met Sam Witters yeah. at uh, at the Zephyr Cafe um, near Wainui, um, where you got a little glimpse, a little slice of the Pacific Ocean through the trees there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a beautiful place that I is. I mean, people know. I mean, I'm sure they know New Zealand through you know um, movies, and, and they know New Zealand, whatever. But to actually be here, first of all, you know, um, Gisborne is you know 50 inches of rain a year that's a lot and and so it's very verdant and and of course everyone knows about the sheep and there's more sheep than the residents i know that's probably not true but there are a lot of them and they're just sitting there just quietly munching on that green grass you know they're not in what we call capos which is confined animal feedlot operations that's what we had yeah that's what we have well of course it's mostly cows whatever and and of course the animals are sick or whatever they're just these beautiful animals and um and there's something so pastoral and and beautiful and and the people in, in Gisborne are just, you know, they're so warm and welcoming. And I mean, I'm not saying that because I'm here. I, I would tell you that, you know, they're a bunch of dicks and I'm getting on a plane tomorrow and heading home. But it's not, it's not true. Let me know when you do. Okay. <laughs> when you feel the urge no, I, to do that. I, well, I, I, I have to slip out of town. But no, it's just, you know, really wonderful. And Sam... Uh, worked in the film industry, so I, I obviously I've worked in the film industry, so we had a shorthand talking about yeah. film and TV and where it's at and whatever. I mean, she goes cuts right to the chase about yeah. stuff, and yeah. and just right away I felt like God, you know, I'm I'm, you know, I'm talking to people who speak my language here, and uh, and who knows, she may help us with uh, Sideways the movie. You know? Who knows? You yeah, know? yeah. yeah. Um, but Sam's a great, great lady. Yeah, and, super smart. And you know. uh, once again, a great written uh, relationship, uh, letters, emails back and forth, converted into a great personal one. Yeah. Right. Sam then joined us in the car, and we drove up to Titchen Witter's Wines in Gisborne. Um, it's on that, it's on that uh, what would you call it, diagonal road out of Gisborne, if you were heading north to the gorge. And there's a beautiful winery there, and it's near where they hold. Um, and, let, and let me, let, and, vines. and let me, um, so, yeah. and, and she's married into the family, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so Sam, we, that's where we met Geordie, Geordie Witters, and his wife Carolyn, and then Sam's, um, Sam's husband Dan, Dan Witters. So, so for the Americans listening to this, I know we have a huge demographic. Let me just before Yui goes into the wines, because my brain is still a little shot. I don't take notes. Yui takes notes, but. Um, it wasn't a wine tasting like you have in California where you see the sign open from nine to five and you go in there and it's packed and then there's you know some people behind the bar now not not in the old days but behind the bar who don't even know a lot of, they have a bu- couple buzzwords uh, notes of lime and cinnamon try this or whatever you know no we're in a barn just a table and just us it's just for us it's by appointment only here Absolutely. and 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 you're talking to the winemakers 
you're the, you, you can ask them about the soils. You can ask them about the different vintages and whatever. And, and I, I was like, you know, I'll, if I meet people like that, I'll go deep with the questions. I, yeah. I'm curious about, you know, did you do a secondary mallow on this? How much did you do 50-50, whatever? You know, we really, get, I, I love to get down into the tech details. And they're, they were going toe-to-toe with me on, on that, which I love. And of course, their wines were just absolutely, but just, we're in a barn. There's no, there's no T-shirts, ladies and gentlemen. There's no corkscrews for sale here. No, there's, no one's asking for your credit card. No. They're not saying, here, would you like the $10 tasting or the $20 tier? Would you like the wine club? We're going to send you over to the lounge now. Yeah. That, of course, I, you know, you got to blame sideways for that. Yeah. Because before that, you know, tasting room, tastings were free, you know, in California. Yeah. Now they're not anymore. So, I mean, obviously it was a private tasting, but it was done, uh, but they do it for other people too. Yeah. But it's just neat. We're just in an open air barn looking out over, there's a, a mountain over the side and there are beautiful vineyards. Of course, they're, you know, they're, the, the foliage is gone now, but because yeah. we're- Well, we were met there by a press photographer who took photos for the article that's going to go in the Gisborne Herald. Okay. Um, but, and, um, and so the, the photographer took us into those vineyards. But what, so. I, what I'm trying to say is, I didn't have quite this experience when I was going up the San Inez Valley in the 90s, but similar. I would go to places and there'd be nobody in the tasting rooms and it would be free. And they set you up a glass. They wanted to introduce you to your wines. But here uh, it was just, it was literally just vineyard, grass, barn, us, and yeah, wine. It was amazing. I, I mean, there's a, and that's where, that's where the poetry of wine is so beautiful. Nothing against craft beers, but... Can you imagine a beer tasting looking over a barley yeah, field? It yeah. doesn't make sense to me. So and Geordie was so nice. And, and, and to me, the, the purism of that, it's not yeah. corporate. You no. go to Napa now, it's so corporate when you go yeah, in there. Yeah. But Geordie was very knowledgeable with his wine, wasn't he? And Beyond um, knowledgeable. He uh, makes the damn stuff. I know. <laughs> he, he should be. Absolutely. And he, and he brought out six or seven varieties for oh, you to taste. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I fell in love with his gold Chardonnay. I thought his gold Chardonnay was outstanding. Yeah, no, I've it, got my eye on it for nefarious reasons. Uh, yeah, okay. Cool. Not nefarious for venal reasons. Yeah, venal reasons. Venal that reasons, will be our yeah. word of the day. Yeah. Cool. All right. And then um, then from there... Because he's not an evil person. No, he's not. He's not. No, I'm just saying that we're very interested in that gold um, yeah. Chardonnay. We see potential for it to join the sideways stable, sideways wine stable, if all goes well. Yeah. Okay. From there, um, we went... Uh, Dan, jo- uh, Dan joined us. So now we've got Dan and Sam Witters in the back seat. You and I in the front seat, and we drive to Milton, the Milton uh, Winery. And Milton spelled M-I-L-L-T-O-N, because if you don't get that right, you could end up in Tasmania, as we found out. Um, so Milton uh, Winery, and that's where we met Annie. Or you could and... be watching Milton Burrow uh, stuff on YouTube. No, what's that? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, we've got, so we've met with Annie, yep. um, Sam's mother. And Sam himself, and they opened up the winery, which hasn't been open to tastings for almost two years because of COVID. And describe that experience because I can't come up with any way of describing it. So, I mean, for some of you who are in the wine business, but for those of you who aren't, probably haven't had this experience, these were barrel samples. And and so barrel samples, they use what's called a wine thief, and they go in, and you're, you're, you're uh, tasting wines that were maybe just put in barrel two months ago. So they're not ready to be bottled. They're not ready to be drunk. Of course, critics often get a chance to do barrel sampling. Um, and we, um, you know, uh, he, he took us through, oh my gosh, I would say at least 20 wines in barrel of, at different lengths. Some well, only, this massive, sort of like squeegee or... It's called a wine thief. A wine thief. And so okay. what it does like a is... a big eyedropper. 
Yeah, it's a, it is, and it's it's just a way to you know through suction and pressure. You know, he's using his mouth, he's bringing it up in there, and then they put a little bit. And so a lot of a lot of the wines can be very cloudy because they're they're still stirring the lees in the wine in in the barrels and whatever. And and just you know now we go to another really deeper uh, level of knowledge. And and some of those wines were uh, not some of them. They're all they were all great, but um, but some were just uh, truly outstanding. Yeah, amazing. Uh, but all, all barrel samples. I mean, uh, until the very end, I think they did open a bottle maybe, but we yeah. are tasting out of the barrel. And something I, for those of you, you know, who get a chance to do that, it is a way to really understand wine because wine evolves, as you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's vinified and, and fermented and uh, and then it is put in barrel or, or stainless steel or concrete or, yeah. as we saw the other day, we're going to talk about this, a wooden wooden egg yeah, or whatever. We're coming to that, and, yeah. and, um, and then it's in there for, you know, it can be, uh, some white wines can only be six, eight months. Red wines usually spend 12 months, but can go up to five years in Barolo. They can go, uh, well, in, in Spain, uh, you know, Rioja, Grand Reserve is a five years barrel and bottle or whatever. Yeah. So you're tasting, the wine is evolving. Involving, there's a point where you 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 release the wine and you put out, and sometimes wines are released too early because they're trying to clear out the barrels and stuff, which are expensive, even though they know it should spend another six months in yeah, barrel. And we talked shame. about that with Sam, and yep. he he had one wine says, "No, we keep this in for a year and a half. We're not yep. ready to bottle it yet." Because yep. and then then you know wine even evolves in the bottle a little bit too. Yep. So yep. it's up to the winemaker. But a lot of winemakers for uh, for venal reasons, they will they'll bottle sooner than they should, and because yep. they want to get it to market. Because yeah. it's it's inventory, yeah. it's money, yeah. and so we we got a really a rare opportunity wow. to to barrel sample so many one one after another. It was incredible. Yeah, I couldn't keep up with it, and I had to stop because I would I, as a driver I wasn't going to go over the line. But um, well, but for me, Rex, it was the first time I understood the effervescence, how some of the wines are sparkling. And how that sparkle eventually disappears over time. They won't be sold sparkling. Well, is, is it, what, what you were saying is there was a little bit of effervescence in some of the wine. A little bit of fizz. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's because, of course, they're they're still maybe going through secondary malolactic fermentation. So you know, when things ferment, it, most people have seen. Uh, you know, you get bubbling and you know whatever. So there is some of that going on, and that, of course, uh, will die down. And you know, but you're just getting a real chance to. To, you know, wine, uh, it, it starts from crushing the grapes and, and it, it, it's a journey before you actually usually drink it and, and buy it in your store and drink it. Yeah. But we're tasting along that journey. Yeah. And that, yeah. and that you learn a lot about wine that yeah. way. And uh, Well, one of the things that sticks out in my mind as a recovering Australian is that they, they pointed to a couple of eucalyptus trees. Yeah. And when we, um, when we drank wine from the, from the vineyard near the eucalyptus trees, sure enough, I could, I could smell... I could taste. Well, I, I wrote an article on, on Vina Costa Marine in Chile, and uh, she, um, uh, uh, Maria uh, Marine, is just a brilliant winemaker. And her wines, are, um, especially her Sauvignon Blancs, are grown very close to a very cold ocean, and you can actually taste the sea. It's on, it's on the skins yeah, and yeah. whatever. But, uh, you know, what was interesting about Gisborne is that even though they're a little northerly of Southern Otago, so we're in the Southern Hemisphere, so northerly means warmer and southerly means colder, and, you know, so you have to yeah. reverse it, and we have to reverse the dates, too. But the truth of the matter is is that their vineyards are closer to the ocean than they are in Central Otago because they want that cold influence. Yeah. Remember, Chardonnay and Pinot, which is basically what we had. We had some other ones there. 
this is this is these are the two main grapes of Burgundy, yeah. and Burgundy is in a colder region. It's yep. it's near Champagne. It's just south of Paris, right. and so right. Pinot and Chardonnay they prefer colder climates. Although Chardonnay can be grown in warmer climates, but you tend to get fatter, yeah. blousier wines, and so they're close to this fairly cold yeah, it ocean. Only, it was only it was only um, uh, what was it two miles or three kilometers? Yeah, that's away. right. Yeah, yeah, it's really really close. And so he says when you get to Central Tago, certainly it's colder, and it's they're famous for their Pinot Noirs, but they grow inland because they want. They That's need right. a little more. They probably in Central Tago, if they grew right by the ocean, I mean, the grapes might not come to ripeness, and you know, so. That's right. The um, uh, one of the things, maybe you've forgotten, maybe you haven't. Uh, he did open a couple of bottles for us right at the end. That's right. He out did. the front, yeah. and, and you were you were absolutely taken by the Pinot Noir. That's yeah, I yeah. There, and and it's not just because you know I'm a lover of Pinot Noir. I mean, I, I love Chardonnay too. I really do. And and he did it not in that kind of over-oaked and secondary ML, you know, secondary malolactic fermentation, whatever, which creates these really buttery sort of sugary wines that, you know, have the appearance of sucrosity and all that. But the Pinot Noir just, it did have, you know, we could almost, there were hints of those eucalyptus trees and, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. And so that's, that's terroir. Terroir is not just the soil. It's not just the weather of that region and not just that region, this little place. It's also the, the slope. Is it facing the sun or not? But it's also the other elements which are, you know, bear in mind, these grapes are growing outdoors. They pick up the yeah. sea. They pick up the eucalyptus and, trees. And they pick any I mean, is this is this nonsense or about about to say? Is there any intermingling between the roots or not? Or is that nonsense? Well, it's not nonsense, but you know, the roots. I always, I asked a lot of questions about that. How deep do your tap roots go? And it has to do with the soils and whatever. You really want the tap roots to go as deep as possible. Yep. So you kind of grapes do very well in non-arable soils where you couldn't grow vegetables and fruit. And the deeper they go, the more mineral content, and yeah. and, the, and then that adds to the complexity of the wine. And, but you get lower yields as a result. But anyway, it was a fascinating educational journey. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you come to New Zealand uh, to go wine tasting, now I've, I've got a lot more to do here. It's not going to be like going to the San Inez Valley in sideways country, right. you know. And especially now, they, they, a lot of people just go straight to Solvang and they just go to a, yeah. a wine place, and the yeah. jazz band comes out at five o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, just remember Annie told us that if people wanted to taste Milton wines in future, they'll need to go down to Siduri Cafe. That's what they're planning well, to and, do. And what the a Siduri, um, and Siduri wine Cafe. Bar. What a yeah. what a wonderful place to sit yeah. there. It's yeah. it's kind of dark inside, and, and 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 yet the really cool thing, and you don't see this a lot in, in the U.S. I hate to say it. Unless you're at a high-end restaurant is I mean the guy pouring the wines is like unbelievably knowledgeable I know. he's only 28 yeah 28 yeah. anyway unbelievable right from there uh, from there we went um, uh, and had uh, some lunch together at the works in town in Gisborne we had a great meal there. You, I think you chose the seafood chowder well we all chose the seafood chowder and it was except for Dan Dan had the fish and chips and I have to say I you know, I, I probably we don't see seafood chowder on the menu very often uh, in the U.S., but it was probably the best one I've ever had. It was almost like a bula base in a way. It had yeah, saffron it in it or whatever. It was just yeah. unbelievable. And the fresh fish in there was yeah. incredible. And, uh, you know, I mean, literally. And it had saffron I, in it. Right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a foodie in the sense that I like to cook. I'm not a foodie in the sense I like to chase you know, trendy restaurants like, you know, the yeah, laundry. Yeah. I'm not into that elitism, but I am a foodie. I like to control my ingredients and I love to cook. But so far eating out in New Zealand, I have to say, I mean... We'll talk about the one that you really enjoyed last night. We'll yeah, talk about we'll, that very soon. Yeah. We've just oh, got one more thing to talk okay. about. So after having lunch with Sam and, and Dan Witters, and, we then... And, and really wonderful conversation. Oh, fantastic company. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was able to actually talk to someone about Keith Richards and his autobiography and, and the Rolling Stones albums. You know, it was wonderful to talk to someone. I, I was actually able to talk stuff. to somebody you know, who had seen Power of the Dog and was interested yeah. in this. And, and that, of course, and, Jane Campion is a Kiwi, of, but, you know, yeah, uh, yeah just, you know, mm. really... Uh, People who really are interested in books, and uh, uh, let's not forget the bookstore we went to too. That's, you know, that's correct. That's right. So, so then after that, we went to uh, Muir's Bookshop, and yeah. what we're hoping to do with um, Muir's Bookshop in Gisborne is make that a source for um, a place where you we might have a um, a book launch potentially, yeah. and also a bit of a wine tasting. And, and However, and, and it was a real it was a real revelation to me because Gisborne is only. Thirty-five thousand people. This was a. It's an independent. Huge. It was huge, huge inside. And I used to bookstores growing up as a kid. I used to troll them two, three times a day because I was yeah. so lonely and everything. But uh, but to still see it alive, we just don't see that in no. the U.S. too much. And, and I, I bought a book on the BBC there. But the most important thing that happened in there was that you got talking with the owner Kim, and Kim, and you spoke to Kim, and she's going to identify a couple of uh, book groups. Um, that you're yeah. going to go to. She knows of one uh, men's book group, which she's going to volunteer, That's and cool. she knows uh, a couple of uh, women's book groups. And so when you return here in July, um, you're going to be able to drop in and, um, and um, yeah, and join these uh, and, book and, groups. And just to put it in context for everyone there, the way, um, as I'm starting to ideate the novel, you know, I have the opening and the ending, but really Miles and Jack are going to be on a road trip. Miles is, he's, He's not as successful as an author as he was in my second book. So he's, you know, and he's on this book and he comes here and he thinks it's going to be, you know, the rock star bus and the five star hotels. But no, they get a camper van. And, every, <laughs> oh, no, and when no, I tell no. people that, they think of Miles and Jack in a yeah. camper van in New Zealand. Come exactly. on. And yeah. so then I've heard that there are these book clubs, largely women. Uh, and, and we're going to meet you know, Yvonne Lorcan later today. And she says, yeah, women get together and they drink wine and they... Uh, Bitch about their men. Those yeah. are her words, not yep. mine, ladies and gentlemen. You need to tell me what happens at the men's. And wise. so I thought, well, sign me up for as many of those. So, mm. you know, honestly, um, for, for our listeners, I'm, you know, ideating the novel. So that's the main part that's of it. it. But Miles is holding on to a secret. Absolutely. He learned something secret early on, and he's holding on to it. And that is going to inform the ending. And, and it's really going to be about the... Miles and Jack are really returning. Uh, Jack was in, in uh, my second book, Vertical, yeah, uh, but he kind of drops off at the end. And in, in, in the third one, Chili, he's just, just uh, he's a cameo. Yeah. So here, he it's going to yeah. be Miles and Jack again. And, so uh, and they're going to travel a thousand miles in New Zealand, and yep. they're going to soak and it up. Rest. And I don't know, maybe the camper van's going to go off a cliff somewhere. I don't know yet. Yeah, <laughs> don't say that. Yeah, you're going to meet you're going to meet Marianne tomorrow, who's, who's loading you. Um, a uh, two hundred thousand no, no, dollar no. Mercedes, Fic- uh, fictionally, oh, fictionally, fictionally yeah. going off a cliff. I, I imagine you doing what happened in Sideways, where you put the uh, car into drive and release the handbrake. <laughs> but anyway, not, um, not not her. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay. Okay, um, and from there then we called in and saw Ron and Heather. Ron and Heather have been the designers of our website and our business cards and our labels, so it was good for you to drop in. You, were, you also uh, had an opportunity to sample some, uh, some more Kiwi food, some New yeah. Zealand food. Um, so it was great to see Heather and Ron and Janine and Jess. And then we got in the car and drove straight to Napier. Uh, with only a stop at a petrol station, Wairoa, Wairoa, Wairoa. And so we went um, all the way and we got into Napier. But on our route, I realised that we were very close to the urban winery. I knew where we were and I, knew, oh, I thought, oh my God, the, where we're staying is next to urban winery. And, um, and somehow you agreed to, because you were 
quite keen to come to your hotel room. But you agreed that we would drop in, and we dropped in for, I would say, a fantastic 45 minutes. The Urban Winery in Napier, you must go and visit it because you'll see some amazing things. And I'm going to let Rex have a go. So that's well, where we met Tiggs, and Tiggs is the, the manager there, if you like. Yeah, I mean, again, you're not going to see this place in the United States here. It, 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 you walk into a big open, uh, I mean, I've had incredible food, but in relaxed atmosphere. It's not like uh, you're going, like I said, to the French Laundry or some, you know, AOC in uh, LA or whatever, where it's all high end and there's waiters and, you know, whatever. It's, oh, well, there's waiters there, but it's just, it's a big open area it's also a winery so you're seeing big barrels and this beautiful wooden egg that they ordered from france or whatever and uh you know they're pouring wines by the glass it's well attended it's just a really casual wonderful atmosphere and again i'm not trying to sell the thing i would tell you that the place was a joke or whatever then you you know didn't really want any anything to eat and, you know we'd had a big lunch at three o'clock but we looked at the they had a tapas menu yeah i said holy crap on here and you guys and then you went you went uh, lamb lamb i need to eat some lamb i know there's probably some vegans out there but i'm telling you these lambs out there uh you know they're they're living a wonderful life whatever but they're eating this verdant green grass and i will only eat grass-fed meat when i eat meat i will only eat grass and so they're they have these lamb shredded lamb sliders you know like little burgers as we call yeah. them whatever and it came in it was like slow cooked it was like oh my god this but is you, like but it felt like you having orgasms at the table oh, well i i I, I, I get i get excited about it yeah, and you you had like venison meatballs, venison meatballs but beautifully yeah. you with know mushrooms, yeah. Yeah, with mushrooms in, in a in a broth of some kind and they weren't generally meatballs can be overcooked and hard and you're che- and these were those but, but, but uh, these were brown on the outside yeah. with a little bit of red on the inside they were absolutely so once again i i'm i'm in a place or serving wine by the glass i figure it's going to be pretty crappy bar food you yep. know buffalo wings or whatever they have no it was high-end stuff i just know? had it confirmed by yvonne vitex that tony will be joining us for lunch and tony bish is the owner of um, urban winery and for our listeners in new zealand and maybe overseas and places uh, fat and sassy is his most popular right. um, chardonnay brand he specializes in chardonnay well for, for for this he you know he should probably void that credit card that you put down for Oh, that's okay. No, I, I was it joking. was Tiggs. It was Tiggs who oh, okay. managed it. No, yeah. but it was just, it was just a, a it was relaxing, and a band came on. It, yeah. It's a big open space. Yeah, they were playing vinyl. But it wasn't raucous or crazy at all. Yeah. It just was good food, terrific wines by the glass, a lot of different wines by the glass. You could get uh, wines by the glass. You could get uh, half bottles and carafes, or you could get a full bottle. You don't see that very yeah. often in that's the United right. States. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, this is a really a, um, this is a wine-centric place. Yeah. No, Napier and Hawke's Bay. But I, but I have to say the thing, I've been blown away by the wine so far, but I'm really blown away by the food. The quality of the ingredients is spectacular. Yeah, so far, so good, I yeah, have to say. Yeah. So far, so good. No, that was great. And then from there, we just came back um, to the room, and um, and voila, it's, uh, and it's I learned, Sunday morning. I, and then you had to put a rugby game on, which, of course, oh, I, I know nothing course, about. But within about 20 minutes of listening to... And I'm so tired, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just so tired. But, That's right. But, we, but watched about a, we watched a rugby game, and, and actually within 20 minutes... You know, I, I know sports. I, you know, golf, football, yeah. baseball, I know... But I actually, after 20 minutes, I felt like I kind of, yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to become a rugby no, fan, no, but, but actually you made, I, I understood what they were doing out but there. But you made insightful comments into it. For example, you were watching one of the uh, Reds uh, from Queensland about to convert a tribe between the posts. And you said he'll be looking to somehow kick it so he can screw it back into the post with a bit of drift. And I thought, well, that's exactly what those rugby uh, union kickers do. Very impressed with that. 
Um, so no, that was great. Okay, well look, um, it's um, it's Sunday morning. You've just done a one hour interview on your book, The Archivist. Do you yeah. want to mention anything about that before uh, we well, sign up? I don't know if they'll be listening to it, but an uh, organization called Sisters in Crime. So there are people who are aficionados of crime and uh, The Archivist it is a crime novel, but it's a, a literary. It's a literary mystery, is really what it is. And they asked really insightful questions, so I was glad that I was able to fulfill that obligation because we're yeah. kind of on the road here, you know. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to the day. I, I don't know where we're having lunch. Right. So really, now we'll I'm, talk- I'm already, I'm already drooling for lunch. Here. Okay. Well, is well, it someplace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'll do now is I'll outline what we're doing. Um, Yvonne and I have been texting this morning. She's now confirmed that Tony Bish is joining us for lunch. She's so Tony Bish is the winemaker of from Urban Winery. Urban Winery. Yeah. He lives and, in Mahia. And do you remember Yvonne on the way, is a, Yvonne is a local, and, and Yvonne is the wine writer for New Zealand right. Herald. I know, um, I know, but I want you to tell. Yeah, the that's right. And says. she's going to work with um, with you and I to uh, develop some te- uh, TV series potentially, right? Um, particularly a, a road trip or, or something related to. Well, famous. and I, and also help me. I mean, look, um, fans here. I'm uh, I'm I'm here to research a novel. Right. And, and I, you know, I'm not writing this thing on Wikipedia. No, I'm here in New Zealand. This is uh, this is no joke. And and also uh, go to rexpicket.com and just click the tag blog, and you'll start where I'm starting blogging there, yeah. and also on That's Falstaff right. International. You know, I I have to find. I'm not here on vacation, even though it may seem like it. I'm here. No, to, this is hard work. This is really really. I know it's hard work, but <laughs> it, it is what I've done in my whole life. But no, I know. you know, I, yeah. I mean, I I I can't write about New Zealand unless I go into these places yeah. and, and experience them. So I, I'm, you know, I have a, a, I'm a, a by the way, a, I, I have to thank Blackstone Publishing. We did a deal for for this book before yeah. I came, so that gave me a real, yeah. put wind, just, in, yeah. wind in my sails. It, yeah. It's a real boost. Uh, I've, I've got a deadline, October. They want to see a first draft. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Miles and Jack might be returning yeah. first to 2023. That's right. Yeah. So it's it's 10 past 11 on Sunday. We're going to go and meet um, Yvonne, who a few minutes ago had just left Auckland Airport in a plane. She'll be landing in Napier, and she'll go straight to the Mission. We're going to go to the Mission and have lunch there. So um, by the time you hear this, uh, it'll be too late to invite you to join us. Uh, this won't be coming out for until later today. Um, so by which time you and I will be in Wellington. So our plans are go to the Mission. From the mission, with after lunch, we're then going to drive down to Masterton to catch up, hopefully, with David Headley from Headley Bookshop to talk about a possibly okay. a deluxe. And, um, and here's edition. the interesting thing: you and I have been on Zoom for two years, and he said he was nervous before I got here. And I said, "Well, I'm nervous to get on that 13-hour flight. I don't like to fly." And we were wondering, you know, how we're going to get along. And now that we've sorted out the music, you know, uh, Yui's listening a little too much of, uh, you know, a Neil Diamond in America, but I got him turned on to That's Miles a very Davis. unfair portrayal. Okay, no, 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 I'm joking. But, you know, we've gotten along really well, and today we're, we're orchestra, well, orchestral well, maneuvers in the dark. Yeah, well, yesterday party. you reminded me of Miles Davis. Miles Davis, and, and I turned you on to a new guy, Arthur Lee and Love. Yes, I love Arthur yeah, Lee and yeah. Love. I'm right into Arthur Lee and Love, that's great. However, we discovered this morning that we both have OMD in yeah, common. That's right. And you know of XTC. Yeah. So we're going to have some fun yeah, now. Yeah, well, listen, listen some to good OMD music and, 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 and the scenery out the window. I, I mean, if you haven't been to New Zealand, you got to get here. And, right? I, and I, I don't work for the Chamber of Commerce. 
I mean, it's not like that, but I mean, boy, I have never seen uh, scenery like this. So we're heading to Wellington this evening. Okay. We're going to have dinner with Rachel and the kids and I. We're yeah. going to have a family dinner. Then tomorrow you're meeting a few people in Wellington. And then on Tuesday morning, you're flying to um, Central Otago. On Monday, tomorrow, you're going to meet Marianne, who's, um, who's, and we'll talk about her in the next podcast okay. in a bit more detail. You're also going to go and talk to Unity Bookshops. They're, going to, they're the independent bookshop in Wellington, the equivalent of Muir's, in, okay. if you like, in, um, in Gisborne. And, and what we'll do then is arrange, uh, you know, the tasting and whatever. But anyway, for now, guys, we just want to sign off. Hopefully, you guys got a taste of, um, of Rex's first three days. We won't be able to uh, I, I've met I have met more people in the last three days than I've in the last two years. And you said you've done more miles than you have for the last three months. Yeah, so. well, I only drive a couple miles every day in Del Mar yeah. to the store. And cool. that 500 miles, that was brutal. Yep. But, yeah, anyway. So we won't keep this up. We won't be able to give you guys a daily diary. But, um, but at least you know what's happened between... Uh, Rex landing in Auckland and him camping himself down in Queenstown yeah. uh, for for a period of time. Okay, uh, we're signing off now. Rex, anything else to say? No, I'm I'm really looking forward to the lunch. Fantastic. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Sideways: The Life of Wine. Both Rex and I hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed it so much that you'll share this with your friends and go online and rate this podcast. If you have a question for Rex related to the movie, the books, his latest book, anything to do with wine actually, please drop us a line to wine at 158.co.nz. That's wine at 158.co.nz. They want to drink Merlot. We're drinking Merlot. No, if anyone orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I am not drinking any fucking Merlot. No fucking Merlot. No fucking Merlot. No matter how low we go. No fucking Merlot. This podcast is a 158 production.